0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Good Stuff podcast from Buy From, your weekly podcast series now where we talk to inspiring people in business doing great things. Um, Today I'm thrilled to be joined by Hannah James, who is the event manager for Ludlow Food Festival, an event very close to our heart. So thank you for joining us, Hannah.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. Hello. So obviously, I really appreciate you giving us some of your time because we are just a few weeks away oh. now, aren't we? From we the are. Festival. I'm
1: trying not to think about it. I don't like it. People say, see you soon. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, we're not thinking
0: about that. Yeah. So this is um, I think this has been a particularly challenging run-up to a festival for you, hasn't it, in all sorts of ways? Obviously, yeah. we are coming off the back of the pandemic, but I think more significantly. You know very sadly um the world lost phil mail earlier yeah, this year yeah. so
1: how's that whole
0: been for you so like
1: phil what? was our um was our chair of the food vessel he's one of the original founders 27 years ago and he's been the chair for a long time over 20 years he runs what you know whatever he doesn't know about marquees isn't worth knowing <laughs> um so he runs a lot of the operational logistics side of things he's also was involved in a lot of things in town so loads of different events and I don't know everybody seems to know Phil um and yeah and he very sadly died after a short illness um and it's left it well it will leave a big hole in the festival because a lot of people have worked with him for years they know him uh but we've also got a lot of people who've been working alongside him so we will all try their big big shoes to fill but we'll do our best I suppose
0: yeah. in a way is it is it kind of mobilized you despite the you know despite the, the loss obviously is it yeah. mobilized you all to feel really motivated to put yeah. the best festival on
1: for oh, definitely. Him as well? yeah yeah I mean this this time normally before a festival we're all kind of running around and and doing everything anyway and this yeah, there's like another layer of, of everyone's got to do the best they can do because we want, you know, we'll, Phil will be there somewhere. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it's really sad. It's really sad, but we will all carry on sadly without him.
0: Well, um we wanted to obviously, I wanted to start because we couldn't not obviously talk about Phil because of the role that he plays and will continue to play, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, he's yeah, yeah. he was
1: involved in this festival before he died. Yeah, very, yeah. very closely involved. Yeah. So he'll, his presence is there.
0: So for those um, who somehow have been living under a rock nationally and have never even thought about been to or you know read anything about the food festival Mm -hmm. do you want to just say a little bit about what makes it so particularly special?
1: I don't really know it sounds like a silly thing but it's kind of, there's an intangible thing. I think part of it is the setting. So it's in Ludlow Castle. And because it all happens generally in one place, we have trails around town and other activities in town. But most of it all happens within the castle walls. So we're all in one place. We're all there together. The food producers are really nice people. I think that helps. So they're, a lot of them are sing, you know single people working by themselves or family businesses. They're all there to do a good job. They want to spread the word of food and drink. And yeah, everyone kind of comes together and it's really fun. It's really hard work, but it is really, really fun. And the visitors understand that we're a not-for-profit. So we are run by, generally by volunteers. There's about 150 that come together over the weekend to help deliver what me and Sally in the office put on or put together. And visitors appreciate, you know, people giving up their time for free. The volunteers are really happy because, and especially after not being able to do anything for, well, nearly two years now um they're all keen as mustard to get back out yeah it's cool it's really exciting we're looking forward to it
0: you have an ethos in terms of the the regional provenance of the food producers as well do you want to say something about that I think that's really important yeah I
1: think it's the main thing probably that makes us different to a lot of other food festivals there are a lot of other food festivals Ludlow was the very first one um in 1995 it was set up and it was designed to um there was a Tesco's coming to town everyone kind of panicked and went oh the butchers and bakers are gonna leave but actually it kind of added weirdly um because there was a car park all of a sudden but anyway the food festival was designed to, to showcase producers food and drink producers from the marches area so it's kind of chester down to gloucester and about 30 miles outside the border ish um and what makes us different is we have stuck to our guns so we don't let anyone and everyone in we're selective we generally have a certain number of different types of producers. So you won't just come and find all brownies or all alcohol or, you know, a lot of food festivals. I don't want to, you know, put others down because whatever promotes food and drink producers is good for the whole, you know, the whole of the industry. But I think some have slightly lost their way and it's more of a day out, which we want to be as well. But Ludlow has, yeah, we've stayed, we've stayed true to what we were set up to do in the first place. So we have a charter that we work to and we are there to promote small independent food and drink producers and um, some of them grow and they get bigger and they go and do other things so for example someone like Tyrrells or Chase you know they've gone on to huge things but they started um I'm not saying it's just to Ludlow Food Festival well, obviously uh, but we want to we want to help support them we're producer-led so we're there to help them and help spread the word about what they make and bring it to the masses and hopefully they will all come this year which is <laughs> exciting
0: I think that's I think that's something that we've really noticed we've worked with you for for a long time now mm. and um I think that's the relation what makes it special is that relationship that you have with the producers and that by creating an environment where they can really grow and flourish yes. then then that works for the yeah. you know for the customer and the visitor as well yeah and and it's been has been brilliant to see how so many businesses have flourished and and of you know are sticking with the food festival when they might you know yeah. I think it was in 2019 a lot of you know, a lot of them were saying no to a lot of
1: events weren't they Because
0: visitor numbers were struggling, but still they stayed really true and loyal to the food festival. And I think that's- And more so this
1: year, actually, there's a few that aren't doing any other events at all, but they are coming to Ludlow because they recognize, we seem to attract the right kind of people who will come and spend with them, which is important obviously for them because they're not there just for fun. Some of them are there and having a lot of fun, (laughs) but you know, they're there to sell. And we seem to get the right people that will come and they understand the value of spending a little bit more on your food, Understanding where it comes from, meeting the person that made your cheese or your salami, um, whatever it is, and paying a bit more for it, but understanding the value of that. So yeah,
0: that's great. So uh, for those who are have got their tickets and are getting all excited, or for those that are contemplating buying tickets to the festival, what are they going to see when they come in?
1: Well, my first thing would be, don't think about it, just buy a ticket. Um, because also we are, we are, as part of our COVID policy, we're kind of not reducing numbers, but we're limiting. So we are hoping, um, we're encouraging people to buy early and then we can, um, they will, you know, that we be guaranteed entry to the festival this year. What can they expect? Um, we're sort of where you left us in 2019, but with some tweaks for various reasons, um, including COVID. But when you come in, you will find loads and loads of really lovely food and drink exhibitors with all sorts of delicious things to see and try and buy more importantly. Um, We've got workshops from Ludlow Gin who are doing master classes in Gin and Spirits, all sorts of different things that they're launching. We've got wine tastings with John Villa Wines, we've got uh, pop-up Brompton Cookery School, evening feasts, we've got late night opening on Friday night for the fire stage, the fire stage is going to be bigger and better than ever as well. So we've got um, the whole of the inner Bailey will be um, the fire stage with Kadai, who will be there with their fireballs, people to sit around, enjoy the atmosphere. So yeah, there's just loads to do it's free kids' activities. All our talks and demos are completely free as well. So your entry ticket, um, apart from your food and drink, uh, covers everything you could possibly need.
0: That sounds absolutely brilliant. I'm really excited to think about the Inner Bailey becoming, yeah. you know, I think it'll feel really medieval, won't you? Yeah, with because, the fire yeah. dominating in there. Yeah. So, I think that's so a you'll really walk over the
1: thing. moat and straight into the castle and you'll see the fire stages there, which is growing year on year. It's so popular, especially with lockdowns, it's more popular live fire cooking. We've got Kadai fire bowls there. We've got Caradoc charcoal. We've got a rum shack with Adam Purnell, Shropshire lad. We've got workshops. Um, a gin palace uh, and a cookery school. So really it's going to be jam packed. It's going to be exciting. Loads to do
0: that's brilliant and for um, you there's a festival and I know you're you're not for profit but you do you're so heavily involved in the local community aren't you yeah. and in terms of that network could you explain a little bit more about the I think it's really important profile for the festival that you're not a corporate entity yeah. about making money for yeah. you guys that actually everything what does that not for profit actually mean? and how does that money also yeah. then get redistributed in the community because I think that's a really important message it is, lots of yeah. People don't know I think no and
1: it makes us quite different I think so we've um the the food festival's got a board of directors for all volunteers then there's two full-time paid members of staff me, staff me and Sally in the office and then everyone else is a volunteer so we have about 150 over the weekend who come and they are there to help support what we work on throughout the year we have don't know how to explain it, but I suppose we work with a lot of other groups in the town. That's just part of our ethos, I suppose, or our attitude is that we want to use the festival platform to promote um, other relevant charities or food related groups. We've set up something called the Ludlow Food Network, which is a, a group of I think that's about 15 of us, um, all looking at food from different angles. So you might have the Food Bank or fair trade or um, Zero Waste, all sorts of different groups. And then we use the food festival. For example, the Shopping Crash this year will be staffed by Hands Together Ludlow and the Food Bank and um, Working Together, who are another local charity, and they will get the income from people leaving their shopping bags or leaving you know, their belongings there. And we want to use, yeah, I suppose just use the festival's profile. We are here to make money because we are commercial, but anything extra that we don't um, we don't need goes to our charity, which is called March's Food Matters, and that's set up separately from the food festival. And we use it to help support food-related charities locally, principally groups like Hands Together Ludlow or the Food Bank, or um, yeah, there's loads of different groups that we support. But yeah it does make us quite different I think to a lot of other events um, and it means we can be quite different so we can be a bit more choosy about sponsorship that we accept or, um, or which exhibitors we allow in all those kind of things it has to all chime with our ethos I think that's the first thing it has to tick lots of boxes before we um, before we go down different avenues with different organizations
0: that's great and have you noticed in terms of that that impact is that over the last two years with everything that's happened with the pandemic that that actually the need for that the, the demand on those charities has has increased and yeah, therefore your role in supporting them has never been more important.
1: Yeah hugely I mean when the pandemic all hit we were working very closely with Hands Together Ludlow um, because we have contacts with chefs and restaurants and food producers so they were um you know chucking out a lot of their food so we then made the connection between them and Hands together who then picked up the food used it for lunch clubs um a lot of it got cooked into uh, made into meals and then frozen for the food bank so um food bank parcels are going out they're still going out now with you know frozen ready meals made from surplus food that would have otherwise gone to waste we also do the same thing at the food festival so each night a charity goes around and collects waste you know food that might otherwise be wasted uh, and it's you know it's used as it should be um but yeah we work we work with groups that that fit with what we do um you know it's not a kind of scattergun approach it's a strategic decision um but yeah we we like working with a lot of groups in the town and it's you know, we all work together. I think that's what's the beauty of Ludlow is it's a small town. There's a lot of like minded people and everyone comes together a lot to help deliver something really fun for the, yeah. for the festival. And, you know, it's an important weekend for the town. Yeah,
0: that's great. And I think uh, one of the other elements that that makes you guys so important as well is the way that you have. I think, really led from the front in terms of your sustainability and your approach to, you know, zero being zero waste in the environment. Um, and you were kind of very committed to that kind of a long time ago yeah could you tell us a little bit about that because I think that's a really interesting and for anybody who is looking to start up or or you know recognizing that they have to change up how their event is yeah. run I think what you do is is a you know is a really powerful message
1: yeah so we've we've been working with a company called zero waste events for years I don't know must be more than 10 years and they are amazing at the festival they are I don't know how they do it really, but they handle all our waste. So they go around each exhibitor, they give them each bins to recycle, to put food in, to put non-recyclables in. They go through each bin on the festival, by, on the festival site by hand before, you know, so everything that can be recycled gets pulled out um, and it gets recycled. So we, you know, their support is, is huge. But we, I think when you see, after an event, when you see the mounds of rubbish and black bin bags, it really, you know, it's not just someone putting their plastic cup in a bin, it's thousands of people doing that and that, you know, it, it mounts up. So we have a responsibility um, as an event to do what we can to minimise our impact. We're not perfect, definitely, because I think if you bring a lot of people into one place, no one's perfect, <laughs> but we do our best um, and we encourage In fact, we were doing really well up until uh, COVID, but now there are all sorts of other things that we can't do because of COVID. So we were doing really well with reusable cups, which reduced the waste massively. Um, And sadly, because of COVID now, I don't think we're going to be able to do it in quite the same way um, that we normally would. But not to say that another time we won't. We'll come back to it, hopefully. Um, but yeah, we reduce our waste where possible. We encourage our exhibitors. We have fines in place with uh, things that they're not allowed to do, and if they get caught doing it, they get fined, and the money goes to the charity, our, our March Food Matters charity. And yeah, it's. I think we just have a responsibility as as a, a large event in a small town to do our best, and we we don't always, you know, no one's perfect, but we do try definitely
0: that's something I've not even considered the fact that you're that pioneering reusable cup like activity that's been going on for so long now now can't now can't happen yeah well it's it's
1: going to be at the discretion of the people pouring the drinks really so hopefully they will but you know we can't I think people have to feel comfortable with what they're doing absolutely yeah
0: Yeah, absolutely. And has um, in terms of kind of how the organisation and the infrastructure has the, you know, coming out the back of the summer and the changing, you know, the child changing relationship with the pandemic. I mean, that in itself must have been operationally exhausting. What kind of steps have you had had to take to kind of manage manage that?
1: There's a lot of stuff that's had to be left that we might've done earlier and sorted out earlier that we've had to leave in case, cause there's no point in doing signage and all sorts of other things in case everything changes again. And who knows? So we are up to now, we have remained flexible. Um, and yeah, that basically means waiting until the last minute so that, you know, as a not-for-profit as well, we don't want to spend money out on things. Well, no, who wants to ever spend money on things they don't need, but we really don't. So yeah, there's all sorts of problems with Covid. We're lucky, and I use that word um, mindfully, that we're this side of Covid. I'm not saying that we're out of Covid at all because we're not, but we're lucky enough that there are very few restrictions in place that we have to follow. Um, We're doing some because we feel it's the right thing to do and that we should do that and if we are, um, a lot of our volunteers are older and we want them to feel comfortable with the environment that we're putting them in. So we've been very clear about communicating with our volunteers about what, you know, what they're comfortable with, what we're going to be asking them to do. But also we want to bring people together. That's, we did a virtual one last year and it's it was really fun, but it does it's not the same as getting people together, tasting cheese or meeting the people that make whatever they make. Um, you know, that's the that's the beauty of it, and the community side of things, I suppose. Um, But our main problem this year has actually been uh, the castle, weirdly. (laughs) So it was scanned, the ground was scanned, I think it was last year, and Historic England have uh, declared there's all sorts of areas that we can't put marquee pegs in. (laughs) So I would say that has been the biggest problem, COVID aside. Um, So yeah, that has changed things massively, and it's, uh, yeah, it's been difficult.
0: So what's the um, the challenges that you might face in terms of working within a, a historic monument like the castle? Has that posed any particular challenges?
1: Um, it does anyway. And then this year, even more. I mean, there's, there's basic things like there's an archway. So that there's one way in and one way out for vehicles there's a you know obviously restrictions on it there's cobbles there's a lot of awkward things um there's hardly any water on site we have to put all the electricity cables in there's a lot that makes it really awkward we love the castle it's one of those It's a slight love-hate relationship during the setup because um you know you can't just hammer things to wear banners where you want them to go because it's a historic building <laughs> so as keen as i am to put banners everywhere or you know signage you can't do that um obviously the other main problem is that historic england scan the around and um have found things like a Victorian tennis court and all sorts of other things sadly not a golden hoard uh, <laughs> but it means that we can't put the tents in all sorts of places like we normally might so that's been difficult to say the least uh, so yeah there are slight layout changes because of that but it's been yeah it's been pretty hard want <laughs> to fit a lot of tents in where you can't fit them <laughs> Uh, or we've had to use concrete or water ballast as well. That's the other thing. And that's really expensive, getting concrete ballast in to the castle or getting a lorry big enough through town in the first <laughs> place. So we're going to have to park it all up on uh, big lorries outside town and then get tractors to bring it in. <laughs> wow! So yeah, welcome, welcome to that fun. Uh, so that's going to be exciting. Oh my god!
0: Well, you're doing an amazing job, and it's such a it's such a brilliant festival. And for anybody yeah, listening it. who hasn't been, it's so it really is so special. And. Yeah. Um,
1: Um, people don't believe you when you say that though no one believes um, you when they're there or if they've been for the first time and they're leaving like chefs who haven't been they're like oh I get it now I get it why people are so like enthusiastic about it it's hard to explain and people think we're lying most of the time (laughs) Um, but yeah it is really special yeah it Um,
0: is and I think it is going to be particularly so this year isn't it after the two years two years since we were all back we were all together. But there's so I think it's going to have kind of added resonance for all sorts of reasons for that, for Phil. um, Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be special. So there is a message, isn't there? I think that'd be useful to kind of communicate here again. You have said it already once, but perhaps we can finish is just the the stress on get your tickets early. Don't try not to buy them on the door because we can't just have open doors to the normal numbers.
1: Yeah, so we're getting, it'll get you in quicker as well, because we can just scan people in if they've got an e-ticket on their phone, just, or just print it out, just come in, then you don't have to, you know, or well, there may be queues anyway, because if you've got a lot of people going in and out of one place, there will be queuing. But we're also encouraging people to buy early online, so that if the government suddenly had to put limitations in, you've got your ticket, and that will be honoured. So I don't, it's hard to, it's hard to know, because you can't you can't make people change a habit of a lifetime, which a lot of people normally come up and buy on the day because it's never been a problem before. And I, there shouldn't be restrictions introduced. But who knows?
0: <laughs> who knows <laughs> so what will happen? Who knows what? So we're
1: trying to be ahead of ourselves. Yeah. And we don't want people to be disappointed as well. Because, you know, if you, if you think you're coming, buy your ticket because otherwise you might not be.
0: Yeah. Um, But that's not to
1: say that people can't turn up on the day because they should still be able to.
0: That's great. Okay. So uh, an amazing food festival, brilliant producers, Mm -hmm. great chefs from around the country coming to do demos, a a huge fire stage, uh, workshops, masterclasses, the works all set inside a medieval castle it's just yeah. gonna be brilliant so I do yeah. hope I you know I can't wait so how what's the dates of it Hannah uh
1: 10th 11th and 12th of September
0: foodfestival.co.uk and then yes. you'll find everything that you need on there yeah. so certainly um, I can't wait the buy from team can't wait so we'll see you in a few weeks